0: Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Our mission is to transform lives through enduring hope, loving compassion, skilled support, and effective steps to healing after loss. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 141 The Pain of Judgment. Recently, I did a podcast interview with my friend Lita. She invited me on her podcast to talk about grief and healing and all the things that go along with that. Lita is a friend who lost a daughter. She was born with a birth defect and uh, suffered and and ultimately died as a baby During that time of sadness and difficulty and and joy, Lita is one to to really embrace all of her emotions. She received a letter, a two-page letter from her sister-in-law. She shares this in our interview. And it was a scathing letter telling her how she was doing grief all wrong. Now, you know, because you're here, because you're here, you're probably experiencing grief and looking for some answers on how to navigate through this painful period and, and receive some hope that it doesn't have to be painful and so incredibly raw and difficult forever and ever. But you know that grief during the time of grief, we feel extremely vulnerable. We feel exposed. There's a rawness to our experience when we are in grief. We feel less strength to shield ourselves. The things that normally would we would let roll off our back, we are less likely to feel that we can just let it go because we do feel raw things kind of stick to us more they things are more triggering because of the pain that we're experiencing the triggers come from that pain that deep well of pain that we have and when something happens outside of us it can push on that well of pain and create more pain so we feel this vulnerability and this rawness and when someone openly attacks us or judges us in a, in a very, very direct way, like my friend Lita experienced, that is super painful and super triggering and can bring up all kinds of emotion, including anger. Like how dare she talk to me this way when I'm dealing with so much already? Doesn't she understand that I'm dealing with so much already? Well, Lita's therapist gave her some ideas of why her sister-in-law would respond this way. And part of the explanation, and I'm going to I'm going to muddle this up a little bit, but I just want to share with you part of the explanation that Lita shared with me of her therapist's response. And that is that sometimes when, when we go through really hard things and people out, you know, people around us, it it creates fear in them that they might experience that same difficulty. And that is really scary for them. And so in order for them to distance themselves from that from exposure to that same pain they ha- they tend to put they tend to put qualities on us that see they're wrong and therefore they're going through this and because I'm not wrong in that way because I'm not bad in that way and I put that in quotation marks because I am, I'm going to say morally superior. Therefore, I am not exposed to that same difficulty. That was part of the explanation. But why is it that when something like that happens, why is it that an explanation as to why somebody does something like that, why does that help us? Now, think about that for a minute. When when somebody responds that way, and we get an explanation. And in this case, we get an explanation from an authority figure. We're going to, you know, the therapist represents an authority figure, someone who knows, someone who understands human behavior. And when, when the therapist explains, this is why your sister-in-law is acting this way, it gives relief to our brain because now it's not, it's not because of, it's not because of the explanation, it's because of what we think of the explanation. Okay. (laughs) I know, wrap your head around that. But really, when we get that explanation, all of a sudden our brain goes, oh, this is not about me. This is about her. And that gives us relief. You see that? Now, I, I know that in, there's a lot of judgment that happens. That's not direct like that. A lot of the judgment that we experience in grief is, is judgment that's conjured up. I'm going to say conjured up in our brain. Somebody will ask how we're doing. And we start thinking, Oh my goodness, they're judging the way that I'm responding to this. They think I'm not doing well. We start to have thoughts about their thoughts. We don't even know their thoughts, but we start to make up things. We start to create a story around why people are acting the way that they're acting around us or asking the questions that they're asking or saying the things that they're saying. So recognize that there's judgment. That's very, very direct. Like my friend Lita received was a very direct judgment two-page letter, this is why you're doing it all wrong. That's very direct judgment. And then there's the judgment that we create around a situation because we create a story around why people are responding, saying, why people are acting the way they are around us. And we create the pain of judgment in ourselves. And a lot of times with, you know, we think that we're completely justified in conjuring up that story of judgment. We think that there's a lot of proof. There's a lot of explanation. There's a lot of reason. But keep in mind that, again, you're very vulnerable. You feel exposed during this period. It's very easy to be triggered. And it's very easy. Easy to lose our power in grief because we do feel so vulnerable, because we do feel so raw. It's very easy for us to create a lot of judgment in our stories about what's going on. But let's go back to this two page letter. The therapist gave her an explanation of why her sister in law was acting that way, which gave Lita permission to then say, okay, this isn't my problem. This is my sister-in-law's problem. She's responding this way, not because I'm doing things wrong, but because of the way that she's thinking about the situation. What I want to offer to you is that you can think that without having a therapist tell you. In other words, we don't have to take on other people's opinions. That two page letter was somebody else's opinion. Someone else's opinion who's not in the middle of it, who doesn't understand what's going on, who has absolutely no comprehension of the experience of losing a child. So you, you can choose when you hear someone's either direct judgment, or you spend a story in your brain of judgment, you can start to separate from that. You can choose to separate that without even somebody telling you the reason why they're doing that. You can start to realize that they're coming from their own perspective. A lot of times people, and I, I think most of the time, The people around us are really uncomfortable with our, I'm going to make up a word here, uncomfortableness. (laughs) They're really uncomfortable with us being uncomfortable. It makes people really uncomfortable for us not to be 100%. It makes them uncomfortable for us to be sad. It makes them uncomfortable for us not to be having a good experience. And 90 plus percent of the time, it's because they love and care about us. And because they love and care about us, they want us to be having a good experience. They want us to be happy. And when we're not happy, that makes them uncomfortable. So they think in order for them to be comfortable, they need to cheer us up. They need to help us be happy. If they can cheer us up, if they can help us be happy, then they can feel better. you see how that's working? They're doing it in order for them to feel better. And they're doing it from a place of love and compassion. They really do want us to feel better. They don't even recognize that part of their reason for wanting us to feel better is so they can feel better. So when people say things that just feel either judgy or, or or it has that flavor of just get over it. There's a lot of things that, that people say that have this flavor of just get over it. See, if you get over it, then I can feel better. And we get to decide, we get to decide what we do with that. We get to decide not to spend the story that we're doing something wrong. We get to own the pain that we're experiencing, not own it from an identity place, but a place of compassion. I'm feeling really sad right now. This is not going to be where I'm going to be the rest of my life, but right now I need to take care of my sadness. It's just like being sick. You know, I, I, I did that whole podcast about what I, some of the lessons I learned from being sick recently, and in the middle of being sick was not the time for me to get up and just get back to work. It was a time for me to be sick and to embrace being sick, which meant that I did things differently than I do on a day-to-day basis. I don't typically lay around in bed drinking a lot of water, just trying to take care of myself. That's not the way I typically do my day, but when I was ill, that made sense. So do the things that make sense right now while you're grieving, and let what other people think and feel, as hard as it is, as, as hard as it is, I, I know that this is hard, but I'm hoping that bringing some awareness of this to you can help you to start separating how other people feel about what you're going through from what you feel about what you're going through. In other words, don't keep shame on top of your grief, because that's what can happen. A lot of times, a lot of times we'll spin this story about what people are thinking about how the way, the way that we're showing up, the way that we're doing things, the way that we're grieving, everyone's going to grieve differently. Everyone's experience is going to be different. Even the same people, even the same loss, different people are going to show up differently. They're going to respond differently to it. You get to own where you're at and recognize that this is where I am. This is what I need in this moment. doesn't mean that I have to be here forever. It just means that this is where I'm at right now, and it's okay. And I can separate, really remind yourself, I can separate how other people are responding to my loss, to my grief, from my personal experience and remind myself, I can remind myself that they're communicating to me in a certain way, based on how they're thinking and feeling, they get to own how they're thinking and feeling, which is different from how I'm thinking and feeling and separate that. People behave based on how they're thinking and feeling that influences the way they behave. So the way they show up is based on how they're thinking and feeling, not necessarily on how you're thinking, feeling, or behaving. Sure, the way we behave influences others, but we don't have to own what other people say to us. People get to think and feel the way they choose to think and feel. And the way they think and feel will definitely influence the way they show up, the way they behave. Lena made an interesting comment after she told this story. She's like, the sister-in-law has always been this way. Why did I expect her to be different than the way she'd always shown up? And I want you to think, too, like, when she said that, I thought I, I wanted to add under very challenging circumstances. A tremendous loss, like a, the loss of a child, is a very challenging circumstance. And we we like to think that people show up at their best. And a lot of times they do. But sometimes when somebody has a pattern of showing up in this way of judgment, or I'm going to say prickly. <laughs> when things get more challenging, they get more prickly. And we can choose compassion. We can choose compassion for someone who shows up prickly. We can recognize that this, that this sister-in-law that wrote this scathing two-page letter has a lot of internal pain that she's dealing with that would cause her to write this two-page letter to someone who's hurting. So we can have compassion. We can see that it must be really, really difficult. It must be really difficult for her to be her. I hope this is helpful as you navigate your thoughts and feelings about the way other people show up while you're grieving. Remember, judgment can be painful, but we can choose another way by separating ourselves from the judgment and recognizing that it's about the way they think and feel. And we get to choose the way we think and feel. All right, I had the best news. If you haven't heard already, the True Hope Club is open. You can join today, or even find out more. Just learn more at buildalifeafterloss.com dot com slash join. That's J O I N. Again, check out the True Hope Club at buildalifeafterloss.com dot com slash join. All the details are there, and. If you join today, you'll get two weeks free. It's a free trial. You can cancel at any time. Even your first month payment is refundable. We have a guarantee that you are going to love it. (laughs) I know you're going to love it there. So inside we have over six hours of video content. It's probably closer to eight now. That's already there for you. It's a place of comfort, hope and healing. And inside you're going to find grief support, grief education and healing answers. And I hope that as you go in there and you listen to just even for a few minutes, that it raises your hope, that it brings light to your experience. I know you're going to love it. We'll see you in the club. Have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.